0: Well, hey, our business partner today is FreshBooks. We'll be telling you a little bit more about them in a minute. You know, hearing this song, Taking Care of Business, Joanne and I were sitting in a restaurant the other night, and that came on, of course, still a popular song, way back when Bachman Turner Overdrive, Taking Care of Business. Well, obviously, I always think of my podcast. And I get a lot of people who tell me they do the same. They'll be walking through the mall somewhere, and Taking Care of Business comes on, and they think, of this podcast. Well, kind of cool to have that connection. We continue to use that after um, a lot of years of using that. I've debated about changing it up, but uh, just enjoy hearing that as we get started every time here. Well, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Dan, I was hoping it wasn't true, but I found that I am a fool. Well, that's a pretty profound statement. We'll, we'll unpack that. We'll have some fun with it, but also give some valid tips about how to not be a fool. Dan, I was diagnosed with MS a few years back. Can you please give me your thoughts on working from home? When do I need to make my side gig an official business with the government? How about this? I, I like this. I'm afraid I'd be inspired by being a member of the Eagles community but also overwhelmed and would get a lot less done instead of more. Well, how do you find that balance between learning and doing? Great question. We'll talk about it. Then should I apply for a job when I don't have all the company's required qualifications? Well, yes, absolutely. You know, this is the Ides of March. This is being released on March 15th, the Ides of March. That's kind of an ominous day in history. Now, that's a day really on the Roman calendar— And it's most prominently known for being the day that Julius Caesar was assassinated. Now, that was kind of a turning point in the history of the Roman Empire. But it also, I mean, it's it's gotten popular as being a day in which bad things happen. The Ides of March. People talk about that in hushed tones. Well, what do you think? Is it a day when bad things happen? Or is it another day when you can get up and determine what kind of a day you're going to have? Well, I think we pretty much determine the kind of days we're going to have. If you expect to have a bad day, yes, you will. It's that old Henry Ford uh, quotation. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And pretty much the same. If you think you're going to have a bad day, you will. If you think you're going to have a good day, you will. So this is the Ides of March. We're going to go ahead and have a great day. A couple of reminders. We're still getting a a lot of submissions for our out of work. If you are out of work, you can send a note to out of work at 48days.com explaining how you lost your job. I'm going to share with you here our winner for this week. But we're choosing a winner each week in the month of March. So if you are out of work, you can tell us how you lost your job, what you learned from the process, and what you're moving to. That's the deal. You can send that to O-U-T-T-A-W-O-R-K. At 48days.com. Again, we kind of made up a word out of O U T T A W O R K at 48days.com. Now, also, just a reminder, we're getting real close next week. Well, a whole lot of us will be out at social media marketing world. And on Friday, if you are in the Eagles community, connected with us in 48 days, and anyway, uh, we're going to be doing lunch together on the rooftop patio of the Kempton Hotel, which is right across the street, really, from the convention center where all the activities will be taking place. So, again, that's going to be a lunch for the an Eagles lunch at 12 o'clock noon on Friday, March 22nd. Would love to see you there. Well, I mentioned our business partner is Fresh Books. You know, this is the time of year. I just turned in my taxes, just dropped them off. I'm waiting that in, in that in-between time, you know, waiting for it to come back. Now, I've paid in a whole lot more money than I paid in, in the entirety last year. So I've already paid that in. That's what you do when you're self-employed. You pay in in advance so you don't get stuck with a big surprise come April 15th. So I've paid in A bunch of money, more than I paid last year, and then I've got a pretty significant reserve account set up. So I'm just holding it there because I anticipate I'm gonna be hit with another chunk. But I've got it set aside. Now how do you do that? How do you get ready like that? If you especially if you're working for yourself, golly, it's so easy just to think that you've got good cash flow. The money comes in. Well, you don't want to get stuck like that. Keep track of your books, do it with fresh books and join the 24 million people who are already using FreshBooks. This can keep you out of trouble, keep your nose clean, keep you uh, breathing easily as you move into April 15th. I'll give you an update as we get closer. I'm sure I'll get mine back in a week or so. And uh, I'll take a deep gulp and uh, make that deposit and go on. You can try FreshBooks for 30 days, no catch, no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days. Entered 48 Days in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Now, we always have good news. A couple pieces here I want to share with you. Here's a guy, here's a kid, a teenager, senior in high school, who saved money for two years, and then he bought his best friend an electric wheelchair. So this is pretty cool. I mean, Tanner Wilson, Brandon Qualls have been friends for years. Both go to Caddo Hills High School in Norman, Arkansas. Now, Brandon... Has a tough time getting through the hallways. He uses a push wheelchair and sometimes his arms hurt. Well, his buddy, Tanner, has been secretly stashing away all of his paychecks from his part time job at a local car repair shop. And then he was able to buy his friend an electric wheelchair. Now, what a cool sign of friendship! What a cool experience for both of them to be both the giver and the receiver. Well, Obviously it's inspired um, Brandon. He's feeling better about his options and even now starting to talk about college, his mom says, because he had a friend who bought him an electric wheelchair. Great story. Now this is just a personal interest story, I guess, <laughs> but I, I laughed when I saw this. You got to be kidding me. There was a guy, 36-year-old Jeremy Taylor. He's an outdoorsman, <laughs> he's a big fan of Taco Bell. I'll, I'll, I'll spoil the news here. So he and his dog, this is just last week, they were out in the Duches National Forest. This is, I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but it's a remote section of Oregon, outside of Bend, Oregon. So out in there, and the snow just came quicker and quicker and quicker. Finally immobilized his forerunner and leaving Jeremy and his dog, Allie, stranded. They couldn't move, couldn't go anywhere. They were stuck for five days, survived by just periodically turning on the engine to warm up, stayed, stayed in his car. And he rationed a supply of Taco Bell's free hot sauce packets that he had in his car. That's the only thing he had, a bunch of Taco Bell hot sauce packets. Then on Friday, Just this last Friday, they were found by a snowmobiler who alerted a search and rescue team, and they were rescued, safe and sound, a little hungry, but much less hungry than they would have been without that hot sauce. Now they're not going to have any reason to be hungry for at least a year. We're glad Jeremy and Allie are okay, said Taco Bell in a statement. We know our sauce packets are amazing, but this takes it to a whole new level. We're in touch with Jeremy and have sent him a well-deserved care package, a year's supply of Taco Bell. And, of course, all the sauce packets that come with it. Ha <laughs> A year's supply of Taco Bell. I, I, It got my attention because it's um uh, pretty well known, I guess, that I enjoy going to Taco Bell. Now, part of the reason is because I have a whole bunch of grandkids and they're all vegetarian. So it's easy to go to Taco Bell and get things that they can eat. But I go on my own anyway when I'm all by myself. I'll duck in there because I just enjoy the selection and the vegetarian options that they have. And people send me Taco Bell gift cards. They laugh at me at Taco Bell because they know I get a lot of gift cards sent to me and I'm forever. As a matter of fact, I've got one in my pocket right now and I know that it has a dollar left. Maybe I'll cash that in today. Well, I got a note from one of our contest, our contest winner for this week is Dave, Dave uh, Kunell, who wrote us a really eloquent piece about how he lost his job. Now, I want to share this with you because there's a story here that if you are discouraged about where you are, I think you can be encouraged by how Dave evaluated this. Unexpected change, yes, unwelcome perhaps, but holding his head high and moving through it. So how he lost his job, he says, the company had worked for in many different roles over 37 and a half years had an underperforming year overall in 2018, needed to make some pretty grand changes. They had replaced the CEO in August. They started with me in mid-November, or shared with me in mid-November that my position was gonna be eliminated at the end of the year, along with about 150 other employees as part of a RIF, RIF. You know, whenever I see that, you know, RIF, it sounds harsh, doesn't it? It sounds kind of cutting. Well, RIF, as you probably know, RIF, reduction in force. But That's a corporate terminology. All right, reduction in force. He says, I was treated kindly in the departure. What I learned, always believe it if someone hints or asks if there's a list floating around of headcount re, head reductions. LinkedIn can be your absolute best friend in an instant communications link to people you've met in your industry. Um, pay down debt, save money, build your safety net as Dave Ramsey has been recommending for years. And then enlist the help of a career coach and a small encouragement network. What I'm moving to Dave says, I'm a grateful husband, dad, grandpa, cancer survivor, and I've been described as persistently infected with a positive attitude. Now, I'm sure that's a big key in moving through this so gracefully. Dave says, utilizing every networking and business development tool and skill I've learned over my 38-year career, I'm building my own business based on being a business growth catalyst, where I seek to connect people with their potential, finding opportunity where others find dead ends and asking questions that inspire, cultivate, and create solutions. Make it a great day, Dave. Oh, man, I love that. Dave, thanks for sharing that. We'll get your uh, package of goodies sent out, your fresh start package sent out to you here promptly and delighted to do so. Again, if you get got a story, just send us your story about losing your job, what you've learned, and what you're moving to. Send it to out of work, O-U-T-T-A-W-O-R-K at 48days.com. Got a note here from Jenny who says, Dan, I was listening to Dave Ramsey today and heard a caller asking for a job she can do from home as she's been diagnosed with MS. Dave told the caller to connect, contact you and to check out one of your books. I was also diagnosed with MS a few years back, but still work a full-time job outside the home. Was interested in doing some work from home to get my student loans paid off. Can you please give me your thoughts on working from home? I'm an excellent typist. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Thankfully, Jenny. Well, Jenny, it just so happens we have a whole lot of ideas here about things you can do from home, even if your health is compromised with MS. You may be able not to work eight hours uninterrupted. Frankly, nobody should. But if you can get in an hour here, an hour there, it can give you a very profitable workday. Now, last week, I had a gentleman who asked about his sons doing work during the summer, things that they could do to generate income. So he gave a really pretty robust list of ideas last week on that. I'm going to go ahead and I'll relist those. I'll put these in the show notes for today. If you just go to 48days.com and look at the podcast, we'll have these notes in there. But last week I shared bizkids.com, B-I-Z. Now these are ideas for kids, but Certainly, if kids can do it, we can probably pull it off as adults as well. But I'm going to add to this, but I'll give you a couple here real quickly. So it's bizkids.com, 100startup.com. That's Chris Gilliboo's list pulled from his book, The $100 Startup. But there's that. And then there's how to make money as a Kid. Com. And that was the one that has over 200 ways to make money as a kid. Now, I'm going to give you some others. And again, these are URLs, so it's hard to really gather them in an audio format. I'll put a list where you can just link on them or click on them and go to these resources. LifeManagement.com, but it's, it's LifeMNGT.com. You say Jenny that you're an excellent typist. They have specifically, if you go there and then search for typist, they specifically have jobs for typist. Another one is Dollar Sprout, and work from home. There's a whole list of things you can do there from home. There's a, there's another. There was an interesting article that my uh, daughter Ashley ordered me to. About the CEO of Automatic. Now it's A U T O M A T T I C. That's a comp company. They have a really unique way of interviewing people. But you can go to Automatic A U T O M A T T I C dot slash work with us. This is a company that hires lots of people. They don't care where you are, where you live, and they have a very interesting way of interviewing you. It's not to look at your resume. They really don't care. They'll assign you a project and then have you do the project over a period of maybe two or three weeks. So it's doing things. In your case, it would be typing. So they look at what you do. Now, they don't expect you to do that for nothing. So it's not like they're just trying to to get free work from people by interviewing them, quasi-interview. No, they pay people $25 an hour during this period of time when you really are applying for a position, but your interview is that you are doing a project for them. I mean, I love that. Right now, they got a position for happiness engineer. That's just one of the ones. But again, that's at automatic.com. Um, ZipRecruiter. I mean ZipRecruiter has thousands and thousands of positions that uh where they have work from home opportunities. One of my favorites is Upwork.com. Now this is more project, but it's Upwork. But you, we use that. So if we need a cover design for a new course, or if we need you know, if, if we're going to um release a seminar. You know, we'll use them if we want graphic design done for a particular project, we can use them. So Upwork, so it's projects. So you can decide if you want a traditional job where you're paid by the hour, there's lots and lots of options. If you want to just be paid by the project, where you pick and choose what you do, where the compensation is likely to be more hourly than what it would be if you had a a full-time position. You know, there's lots of things like that. But in today's work environment, there's so many variations. I mean, there's just no reason for somebody not to be generating income if they really want to with all these things that are available out there. Now, one of the things, you know, that I often find is people will put themselves out there and they'll say, well, I'll do anything. That's a really weak positioning the first thing you want to do is that 85% that I talk about in 48 days to the work you love looking inward first, look inward to figure out what is it that you really do well? What is your unique value? What are your most marketable skills? The more you understand that, the more, power you have in the workplace, whether it's walking into a place with bricks and mortar place and applying for a job or doing something online. But you want to understand yourself first so that you can really know what it is that you're going to do where there's a fit and you can do something valuable. Now, this comes from... um, Malia, which, which really is a, a very similar kind of question from Anchorage, Alaska. She says, I started tutoring in December of 2018. The most I make right now is $240 a month. I want this to be my sole income at some point, preferably sooner rather than later. When do I fill out papers to make it an official business with the government? And what should, be, what should the business be? An LLC, sole proprietorship, other. I want to sign up for PayPal business accounts so I could accept payments online. But they said, I need a legal business name. I'm not sure what I need to do or even how to do it. Can you help guide me, please? Thanks. Well, yes, I can. We'll walk you right through a couple of things here. Well, for one thing, wow, you know, making $240 a month, you ought to, if you're doing any kind of tutoring, you ought to be able to bump that up significantly real quick. I mean, even at $25 an hour, I mean, that's only 10 hours of doing that. If you really want this to be your income, you ought to be able to bump that up. And check out some of the uh, some of the sites that I just gave you here as possibilities for increasing pretty dramatically that two hundred forty dollars a month. Now, as to when do you need to fill out papers to be an official business? When you're making that kind of money, you really don't need to do anything other than just show it as miscellaneous income. So you don't need anything official. However, I'm with you on, you want to be able to accept PayPal. And because of that, you need to have a business name. So here's the deal to do that. Give yourself a business name, whatever that, whatever you want that to be, go to your local clerk's office in typically in your County, this is a simple kind of process. File for a business name. You don't need to be a corporation. You don't need to do that at all. You know, I would not advise you to do that. As to your other question here, should you be an LLC, sole proprietor? For the kind of work that you're doing, I'd just be a sole proprietor. Don't complicate it by trying to make it a, an official LLC or an S corporation. You really don't need to do that. Just be a sole proprietor. But go to your county clerk's office, file your business name they'll give you then a little certificate that shows that you really are a business. Then you can go to your bank and open a business account, which I would encourage you to do so you keep your business income separate from your personal. And then with that, then you can go ahead and file with PayPal so that you can accept PayPal payments. Not complicated. I mean my, my if, if you go to the small business department you know, in your local town and talk to them about starting a business, you know, you'll walk out with a two inch stack of papers and it'll blow your mind how complex it is. And you'll talk yourself out of doing it. You don't need to do that. Starting a business, having side income is not complicated. It's totally legal. Uh, The IRS welcomes that you just show your income and expenses so that you legitimately show at the end of the year. And this, this continues. If you have a traditional job where you get a W2 anyway, you know, if you are working for somebody on the side and they pay you a significant amount of money, you're going to get a 1099. That's fine that you file with your taxes as well. You show that as separate income from your W-2, your regular employee income, and you can build that up. I mean, you could be making fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 a year on the side and do nothing more officially than that at all. And it's really not necessary to, again, form a corporation. The reason people form an LLC or an S-corp or a C-corp typically is for liability protection, So it's more of an issue if you go out to Home Depot this afternoon, buy a lawnmower and start a lawn service, because with that, you might be you might throw a a rock through somebody's window and you need liability protection. With what you're doing, working from home as a typist, your liability exposure is extremely low. There's just, I can't think of anything where there would be a, a possibility of needing that protection. So keep it simple. Keep your expenses down. Just continue making money. Just ramp up how much money you're making. Totally legit to do it just like that. Well, hey, just a reminder. These are real questions. Great questions. I love the day when I open up these questions in my private email box for that. That email box is Ask Dan at 48days.com that's where these questions land first so send us your success stories questions you may have that you'd like to have us address here again just send it to askdan at 48days.com Jason now this is this is the one I've been waiting to get to Jason says I didn't want to admit it I was hoping it wasn't true I tried to prove that everyone else had the problem except me in my search, I have found that I am a fool. The kind that King Solomon talks about in Proverbs, the kind that Jan Silvis writes about, the kind that Dr. Henry Cloud does his videos about. I am a fool. Aside from the harm I've caused my family with my actions and poor choices, I have also crushed my work life. My resume is bad. There are several time gaps, industry changes, and a termination. It's a mess. I am a mess. My newest job is shutting its doors next week, and I have had no luck finding a new job. I know it's my fault. Even when I get a new job, if I stay the same, I will lose that one too. Dan, I know that if I can become wise, like in Proverbs, I would overcome this pattern of job and family failure. Is once a fool always a fool? Can one become wise? If so, how? Please, Dan, I don't want to be Barney Fife the rest of my life. Wow. Well f- to start with, Jason, golly, I commend you on being so open. Now here's here here's the deal. <laughs> this is kind of a, a circular issue. Your admission that you are a fool raises a question as to whether you really are a fool. Now I'll give you some Some scripture to back that up here. But, you know, in um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Captain Jack Sparrow said, Crazy people don't know they're crazy. I know I'm crazy. Therefore, I'm not crazy. Isn't that crazy? Well, I'll be running it by again a little slower so you get the gist of what I'm talking about. Captain Jack Sparrow said, Crazy people don't know they're crazy. I know I'm crazy. Therefore, I'm not crazy. Isn't that crazy? And Jason, I think in this case, if you know you're a fool, you're probably not really a fool because a fool, almost by definition, doesn't know that he or she is a fool. Now, there is a lot of talk about fools. And yes, there's a lot of talk about that in Proverbs. The word fool appears 40 times, 40 times in just the book of Proverbs. Here's some examples. Proverbs 18, 2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Another clue here as to what you do to break the cycle of being a fool. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you're looking for instruction, you're looking for input. That's not an indicator, indicator of being a fool. Proverbs 18.6 A fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. Boy, that's a cool one. Proverbs 28.26 Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Now here's here's another profound quotation. This comes from William Shakespeare. A fool thinks himself to be wise, but a wise man knows himself to be a fool. You got to take consolation in that, Jason. A wise man knows himself to be a fool. I mean, we all recognize if we have any wisdom at all, times when we do things that are foolish or have foolish thoughts or something foolish comes out of our mouth. But that's 50% of the solution is recognizing that we did something foolish, that we did something counterproductive. Edgar Allen Poe said, I have great faith in fools. Self-confidence, my friends will call it. Wow. So it it really implies that if you know you are a fool, you're already on the road to self-confidence to walk out of this. Now, in your statement there, You said, even when I get a new job, if I stay the same, I will lose that one too. Again, that insight lets me know that you know, what are you doing that is so self-defeating? Now, in light of what you say, your resume is a mess, time gaps, industry changes, termination, it's a mess, I'm a mess. Again, knowing that, you can draw that line in the sand and not continue on that same path if you know that's true for you, identify those things that have not worked in your favor, times when you've messed up at work. I mean, make a list of them so that you can review them and see clearly what are you doing that's self-defeating. I think you're well on the way to breaking this cycle that you're talking about. And no, I don't think once a fool, always a fool. I think if a fool recognizing that he is a fool. Again, you've turned the corner to become wise. You can become wise by doing exactly what you're doing, asking, 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 learning. I mean, one of the, the verses that that we have as a theme verse for my personal mastermind is Proverbs 13, 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So if you think that you've done some things that are foolish, don't hang out with other people who are doing foolish things. Walk with the wise and become wise. There's really no better counsel I can give you than that. I mean, we can talk about Jim Rohn's statement. You become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you want to be like wise people, spend time with wise people. And you do become like them. You become like them. You know, as I was reading through your piece here. I thought about this. I'm just going to play it in the background a little bit. Paul McCartney, the Fool on a Hill. Golly, I thought of that. The Fool on a Hill. Let me tell you a little bit of backstory about that. Paul McCartney wrote that he was out walking with a friend and they glanced and saw a guy sitting on this little hill near where they were walking. And they, they talked to him for just a second. The guy talked about what a beautiful view it was from there. And then they, they looked around and the guy was gone. It was like, where could he possibly gone? They really wondered about the spirituality of this whole the thing that had happened. They wondered, how did, how did that guy just disappear? Well, we won't try to unpack that. Paul never did was able to unpack exactly what happened there. But that fool was not really a fool. They saw him as a wise man who was able to move in and out of reality, perhaps, and to see things that other people didn't see. He was smiling, happy, joyful. But that is the kind of person that sometimes others see as foolish. So be careful about Locking into that. You know, in, in the scripture, in the Bible, a fool is usually associated with wickedness and a direct denial of God. You know, if you're not doing those things, you're not doing things that are wicked and you don't, aren't directly denying God's wisdom. then again, you're probably moving out of that. Now, let me address the other part as well. There's one more part that really kind of intrigued me. You talked about this moving in and out of jobs, you know, and you're losing a job now and not sure what you're going to. Joanna and I and our oldest grandson were having dinner on Sunday night at a very, very nice restaurant. I'm not going to tell you the name of it because of what I'm going to tell you here coming up, but it was a very, very nice restaurant. Our waitress was just astoundingly good. We, we talked to her. Um, she told us that she's been doing that for, uh, for 30 years. So that, that is her chosen profession waiting tables. And with where she is, it's the kind of place you can you can expect to make a couple hundred dollars a night doing that. But we commented on the fact that uh, she was running around and um, they seemed to keep some tables empty because they didn't have enough staff. She said, yeah. She said last week they hired five new cooks, four new waiters who never showed up for their first day of work. They hired nine people who never showed up for their first day of work. Now that's how crazy the employment situation is here in Nashville. And it's not unlike what it is around the country, but here in Nashville it's 1.7%, which we consider 5% unemployment to be full employment. There's always going to be that many people who are in between opportunities looking for new, you know, new gigs and so on it's 1.7. That means somebody can walk in and out of places, just pick a street in Nashville or Franklin, walk up and down and you're gonna get four job offers in the same day. I mean, it's really quite amazing. My grandson who just recently moved here was blown away by that. I mean, there's signs everywhere. You You can't walk out in a parking lot without seeing signs. We're hiring permanent signs that are up and it was quite easy to find a position of his choosing, but they hired nine people who never even showed up for the first day of work. Now, here's the other thing. They offer a $500 bonus for current employees who refer a friend if that new imper- new person stays for 90 days. These are signs that unemployment is critically low. And if you need an opportunity all you need to do is get up off the couch, walk out the door, and you're going to have opportunities coming your way. Now, that also means you can be selective. You don't have to take something that you think is beneath you. You know, If you are clear in what it is that you do, you can go right directly to that. Offer yourself as a candidate. And with companies being so eager to find new employees these days, you're going to get offers if you go out, if you're clear on what it is that you want to do and you go out and you walk into 20 places tomorrow and don't get three job offers, let me know because there's something wrong. If you're a living, breathing person who has any identifiable skills, you're going to get job offers. Well, we could go on about that. I, I mean, what an exciting time to be someone who's looking for a new opportunity. Now, it's also an exciting time to be somebody who wants to do something on your own or somebody who wants to find people to do great work. I mean, we've talked about people doing work online. I mean, we have a lady who does our, all my newsletters, our social media po- posts. Um, those are all things that she does. Our emails, she crafts all of those. She is amazing. Now, this is not somebody who comes into my office or sits in an, a desk in my office. No, I rarely see her, communicate with her, frequently, but rarely see her. But she has clear duties that she does week after week, and she is amazing. I mean, what a time to be able to find talent that doesn't have to be just down the street from you or live a mile from where you are. You can find the best talent in the world and have them perform for you. Well, well, here's a question. Nathan has a question about the Eagles community. Hi Dan, Nathan here. I'm a longtime listener. It's interesting when I think I've been living my dream job for several years now, and yet your messages are more relevant to my life than ever before. I guess that's what happens when the possibilities continue to expand. Nathan, I love how you framed that right there. Sometimes I'm concerned, you know, when people come through uh, 48 days and they get a job and then that's, then we don't hear from them again. I'm thinking, wait a minute, you really want to stay plugged in because this is not going to be a one time occurrence. This is going to come up again in three years or 18 months from now. But you're right. The kind of things we talk about here, how to keep your skills sharp, how to recognize new opportunities, how to create new opportunities, wow, that ought to be the top of your radar, even if you're doing something you absolutely love. Don't be one of these people who you find a job you love and then you turn your brain off and think, well, now it's over. No, you want to at any given time know very clearly what your most marketable skills are. I mean, I do that in having my own business. And right now I'm going through a really deep evaluation process to identify what is it that I really, truly enjoy doing? What is it that I may, that I may discontinue? And then what are those new things that I may add on? Now, that's, I've, I've been in the same business in terms of how it's viewed from the outside for a very, very long time. But it's constantly in flux. There are constantly areas I'm looking at that I may discontinue and new things that we're bringing on. That's what keeps me engaged, keeps me excited. If we're just predictably successful, I would get bored. And frankly, with that, I tend to sabotage things if I get bored. So to keep it exciting for me, I'm changing things, tweaking things, always looking at what's going to go, what's going what's to stay, what new things are going to come on. So anyway, I appreciate your, your setup there. Again, Nathan says, I'm a longtime listener. It's interesting when you think I've been living my dream job for several years now, and yet your messages are more relevant to my life than ever before. I guess that's what happens when the possibilities continue to expand. Absolutely right. Nathan says, I was wondering if you could talk a little more about the benefits of the Eagles community on your next podcast. Money isn't an issue for me, it's time. I'm so busy with work and then also my personal development and 10% side gig projects, it's hard to imagine finding lots of extra time to spend engaging with the new community, especially if it's an overload of people, ideas, and resources. I'm afraid I'd be inspired but also overwhelmed and would get a lot less done instead of more. That's really interesting. You're afraid that if you were in the Eagles community... The ideas would be overwhelming and the time spent would effectively be wasted time. I mean, I'm a member, obviously, of the Eagles community. I don't spend hours. And I don't, it's not like I just get sucked in and just continue to just read and read and read. I mean, I can go in there and in 10 minutes scan the new questions, new comments that I really feel connected with and reply or share something that's going on, yeah, probably 10 minutes. And I probably do that twice a day. That's pretty much it. However, here's the deal. If I want to get more speaking engagements, I can jump in there, do a search, and instantly have the brightest, best brains about how to get speaking engagements there is anywhere in the world. I can get that instantly. If I have a question about podcasting or about blogging or about being an artist or musician or if I want to expand my writing or what are my options if I want to write a book and get it published? I mean, those, those are all things that I can get information on instead of just wasting time doing a generic search in some other way. So it's a compilation of the very best resources that I can access really, really quickly. That would be my rationale for being part. And certainly that's why I am a part of you know a couple different online communities. But certainly the 48 Days Eagles being a primary one, I love what's so readily available there. I love people how people share real questions. You know what, Nathan, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put your question here in the Eagles community and let them respond to how they address this. How do they keep from being overwhelmed with all the ideas and resources that are there? How do they avoid that just being a time suck for them? And what do they really extract that has the most value? So I'm going to put that in the Eagles community and then I'll come back in a couple of weeks and share what some of the input is there. Great question. It's, it prompts me to, to dig deeper in that arena. All right, let me go. Let me go one more question here. This comes from Caitlin we'll wrap up with this. Dan, I was wondering if if I should apply for a job when I don't have all the company's required qualifications. Obviously, I don't mean any sort of medical job or similar that does require the right credentials, but a job that has education or experience listed as a requirement. Onward, upward, Kate. Well, Kate, yes, yes, yes. You should apply for anything. I mean, think about the company's perspective, Now, companies, I already said companies are desperate to have people come on. So that in itself tells us they're not going to be as stringent about requirements as perhaps they would have been three years ago. They need people. So if they put in their college D required, will they entertain interviewing somebody who doesn't have absolutely all day long? When people have those strict requirements in there, usually it's to act as a screening device. So instead of getting 300 applicants, they'll get 150. It just makes their job a little easier. But those kind of requirements are violated all day long. Where somebody says they have to have this kind of software certification or be familiar with this program or have a college degree or have 5 years experience, it doesn't matter what it is. Those things. Now again, if if it says you have to have your a JD degree, you have to have, you know, you have to be licensed as an attorney. Well, then, yeah, you don't go in there and say, well, I'm a plumber, but I think I can do this job. No, that would be ludicrous. But the kind of things that you're alluding to in terms of credentials, academic degrees, years of experience, yeah, those you can be all over the board. I mean, think about it. If somebody is saying, we want a computer programmer, somebody that, you know, has a degree from Harvard and somebody who has, X number of years experience, um, and you can't be over uh, 35 years old. And then they have Bill Gates show up as a candidate. Are they going to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're you're you know you're not the person we're looking for"? Well, no. That's an extreme example, but I mean, let them know you're the person they need. And we hear stories about that all the time. I need to share more of those stories because especially right now, we've got people who are, you know, who have gone through the 40 days material and they're walking in anywhere they want to and getting offers. It doesn't matter. You get what the requirements are. A lot of people literally are walking in. Now that typically is not the first line of approach for a professional position. And yet people are doing that because it's so easy to do. And companies are so eager to talk to you. Now, there are a lot of companies around here who are looking for people who are very open about having those positions available online, where you can just go there, see what those positions are. I mean, again, this is a, you're, you're in a, this is a seeker's market. I mean, we talk about in real estate, it's a, a buyer's market where there's too many houses for sale. that's true in a lot of areas right now as well. But in terms of work, this is a seekers market. There's way too many jobs available compared to the candidates to fill those. So you're in the driver's seat. You can go out, you can be selective and you can get those four job offers today. Well, hey, thanks for being a listener here. Golly, we're going to wrap up with that. Um, I'm going to, you know we'll, we'll go with our normal song here to kind of tag us out nobody needs to be stuck in a job and we appreciate this song that we typically end with here but you don't need to be stuck in a job these days you are in the driver's seat to move forward into whatever you want your 2019 to be now there now we go back to you know what were your goals what would you identify as what you want to accomplish this year. Yesterday, I interviewed Tom Ziegler, Zig Ziegler's son, about his new book, Choose to Win. And we went through setting goals in seven different areas that Zig was so famous for. And I asked Tom about his goals. What are his goals for this year? Had a really interesting conversation about that. You gotta be clear on what you want to accomplish in those seven different areas of life, not just career or finances, but the other areas that are important as well. And now's a good time to revisit that. Are you on track? We're already almost at the end of March. So, boy, 3 months almost finished already into this year. You got to have a good indicator if you're on track or not for this year. Do you need to make adjustments, realignments to get you on track to accomplish what it is you want to accomplish this year? Hey, I trust you are on track. If you got questions about that, do you want to share, again shoot those in to ask Dan at 48days.com. I've got a whole lot of resources that we talked about today that we'll put in the show notes today. So if you're looking for online work or unique work that you want to do with more flexibility than a job may offer, golly, now's your time. So we'll have those there. Go to 48days.com, click on the podcast, and you'll see those notes connected with today's podcast. So I hope you're having an amazing year. Spring is coming. A reminder that new things are popping out. New opportunities are showing up as well. Thanks for being part of this group of growing individuals who know we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.